0: You know, my parents did that with me, and I tell the story in Money is Emotional where, you know, I wanted to go to Miami University in Oxford. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was considered out of state because I live, you know, on the Kentucky side of the river. And, you know, my parents got divorced the end of my junior year, and they were just like, sorry, (laughs) I know that's where you wanted to go. And, you know, I pictured that being like the idyllic college experience. And it was like, you know what? you got a scholarship to NKU, that's where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I thought my parents were so mean at the time, but you know what, now I'm like, thank you.
1: Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Basson with Mark McCain. You are listening to Triumph Every Day, where we discuss the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And today we have Christine Lucan. Is that correct? Yes. Christine Lucan. Welcome. Um, uh, Mark actually is a little bit... Bigger relationship with uh, with you than I do. It's the first time we've actually met, which is pretty exciting. So I'm excited long-time to have friends. you here. Yeah, longtime friends, right? <laughs> uh, one of the cool things about you know small communities and you know a little social media back and forth and things like that. So it's pretty awesome to uh, you know have you in here. And you are an author. You brought a couple books with yeah. you today. We'll dive into those a little bit uh, a little bit later on the podcast, but. I just wanted to kind of get a, a general, uh, let everybody know kind of where you're from, where you started at, and uh, we'll kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I am Christine Lucan, the financial lifeguard, and I empower other people to rescue their financial dignity. And my story starts with uh, me basically losing my own financial dignity. Uh, which happened about four years after I graduated from college with an accounting degree. So I hit rock bottom to the tune of owing three different payday lenders. I was behind on all my bills. I was actually parking my car, three or four parking lots over in my apartment complex so the bank wouldn't come and repossess my car because the payments were behind. And, uh, you know, it wasn't because I didn't know what I should be doing. It was because I had allowed my heart to hijack my wallet. I was engaged to a guy who had bad money habits and, you know, he was in and out of jobs, in and out of jail. Oh, I thought if I loved him enough that I would save him, <laughs> I, I realized that doesn't happen. Uh, but you know, by the time I, you know, got to a point to where I was ready to leave that relationship, I had no money. do that and fortunately my dad said hey you know come and stay with your stepmom and I for a couple of months we're not gonna pay your bills Uh, we're not gonna lend you any money but we'll at least give you a safe place to regroup and get back on your feet so you know it was at that time that I realized that money is emotional and that we can know better and yet if we don't understand our own um, emotional and relational triggers around money, that can block us from achieving financial health. And uh, a couple years after I ended that relationship and my, my finances were well on their way to uh, being healthy again, I realized that I couldn't remember the last time I worried about money. And to me, that was a complete and total shock because I was that person that laid in bed, and tried to balance my account in my head and figure out if I would have enough money left for groceries after I paid the bills. And that's when I decided that there's probably a whole bunch of other people out there that are in that same situation and they don't Mm -hmm. even realize that there's another way to do this. And so shortly after that, I got involved with my church because they were teaching a financial literacy course. And I ended up uh, being involved in that program for 10 years and back in 2008 i got my counselor certification and you know it just started as this was something that i did for my church you know i was just doing this as a volunteer but the more i did the financial coaching the more i realized like this is what i was put on this earth to Mm -hmm. do and at the time i was working for my family's business i was the vice president of hr and accounting and i was also a part owner of the business but I grew increasingly discontent with that um, because I knew what my calling was now and so back in uh, March of 2012 I took the leap into full-time entrepreneurship and uh, that has also been a crazy and uh, fun and interesting ride so I've actually written books about both of those two experiences about you know the, the personal finances and my journey there and also Um, A book for entrepreneurs and talking about those unique challenges that entrepreneurs face, especially surrounding money. So,
1: wow, that's pretty incredible. (laughs) It's it's truly an incredible journey. Yeah. Um, So, one of the things that you kind of spoke about, which um, you one of the first things you said was, you know, you knew what you needed to do, but for some reason, you know, you couldn't. And I feel like we we see that a lot here where it's like, people know that they need to exercise, they know they need to eat right. right. And for one reason or another, they end up not doing so. Yeah. Um, what was that kind of like trigger for you to re- really take the step? Like, I know I need to do this and now I have to do this. Was it hitting rock bottom or was it like?
0: Yeah, yeah? I think it actually was. And I, I think sometimes a lot of people have to get to that point. and that rock bottom can look different for different people i agree um it's really like an emotional thing um you know when i got to that point to where i'm like i am just sick and tired of this and you know for some of my clients it might be you know i had a guy who was making three hundred thousand dollars a year and he bounced a check Mm. and he was like that was his trigger you know it doesn't necessarily have to be Oh you owed three three different check cashing places like I sure. did, but um it it is that feeling of something has got to change, and I'm ready to do what it takes
1: yeah um when you when you originally made that decision that I'm going to change, was it all on your own? I mean obviously you had some help from family, but was yeah. it was the as far as the money side of things, was it all on your own, or did you have some help along the way
0: so one of the things that that my dad did probably the first week I moved back in with him was he sat me down and he said, we need to create a plan for you. And I knew how to do a budget. I was helping the family business to create a budget. This was like a multi-million dollar machine tool company. And, but I was just so emotional about my own mess that I was just paralyzed. Mm. And I really needed someone to just lay everything out for me and say, do this first. And then when you're done with that, do this. And he, he basically gave me like two or three things to do and said, you do these two or three things and then we'll meet again next week. And then all of a sudden I was unstuck because I was like, when you look at the whole big picture and that, you know, I mean, for health, it's the same thing. When you look at everything that's wrong, it's overwhelming. But if you say to your client, I just want you to go home and do 10 setups and 10 push-ups every day and or then come need, back next week.
2: Momentum. <laughs> well,
1: and that's and that's why i asked is is you know when you basically said it, it sounded like you had a coach yeah, you know you is. had someone to direct you in this manner yeah but like you know for whatever reason you you were up against the wall and then someone just said just do these two things and like oh,
0: oh I can yeah. breathe
1: you know <laughs> yes. so and that and that's where uh, again we see these parallels that You know, we see a lot where people know they need to do this stuff. They just have no idea where to start. And there's just so much, even especially in the world of economics as well, like there's so much stuff flying at you at all times. Right. You know, how do you separate the good from the bad? You know, the stuff that's that's pertinent to your life, the things that you should listen to versus just something that someone put out on Instagram. Right,
0: right. And each person is different. And so, you know, when people work with me, I don't have like the seven step process. It's really a matter of getting to know people, getting to understand what their goals are, what's most important to them, what their emotional triggers are. And then I can craft a plan that is going to address those pain points right off the bat. Um, And I think that's the best approach for health as well. You know, like not everybody not everybody's cut out to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Or not everybody is cut out to be a bodybuilder right. and what is being healthy look like or financially healthy look like for you individually and having someone that can work through that process with you is important.
2: Yeah, you you have to take on that psychologist like hat. Yes. We, we do that a lot here with you know, people obviously get emotional when they eat. Yes. So it's really they do. like all right, <laughs> why are you continuing to eat this way right and then they'll give you a couple of excuses and then maybe the real reason comes out yes do you, do you see that a lot with financial oh absolutely
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean emotional spending and emotional eating it's it's exactly the same and you and I were talking a little mm-hmm. bit about this before we started was you have to look at the branches to see what's wrong to see those symptoms but you really have to get down and uncover those roots and heal them otherwise you know, those symptoms are gonna keep coming back. Sure. Even if you, you know, temporarily fix them or make them go away, if you don't address those roots.
2: It's kind of why we've recently kind of took a stand on 30 day challenges from a like a nutritional perspective because yeah. it's like a quick little like, oh, I lost 20 pounds and then within two months, whatever, they're they're gaining it back because we haven't built like a lifestyle change. Absolutely. Into them. It's just a quick little that's why anytime I see those infomercials that drive me crazy with the pill you know right. literally people hanging billboards up about it and people mm. obviously still buy it right um, so it's like I said it's changing the whole psychology of of the manner and, and understanding you know our, our shortest uh, contract here is three months you know, yeah because we want people to buy into the lifestyle and, and
0: that's that's yeah. that is awesome um, you know when I work with people with coaching it's six months mm. because there's a lot of mindset work that needs to be done and even though you might start to see some really good tangible results in you know second third and fourth month Mm -hmm. you really need that extra time for those habits to really cement
2: take root yes
0: yeah
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. what um we see a lot of while i'm with you in that everyone is individual but there are patterns we see a decent Mm -hmm. amount of time like we'll see the same You know, Mark has a good name for him, the Yosemite Sands, people who come in, they're ready to change everything, (laughs) they're going to do it in a week kind of thing, you know, guns firing. Uh, And then, you know, we have the the very hesitant people that usually end up being, you know, very good members in the long run, Mm -hmm. you know. So we see these patterns, uh, even though they're individuals and they have their their individual, um, you know, deficiencies and attributes and things like that. What are some of the patterns that you see as far as, um, you know, whether it's emotional spending or, you know, attachment to money and things like that. Yeah. So I would say some of the things
0: that come up, you know, as very common trends are mindless spending, where people are not really paying attention to things. Um, The majority of my clients are high income earners, you know, income's not their problem, but their lives are busy. Most of the time they're business owners and you know they're so busy running their business they feel like they don't have time to really spend managing their money um, so it's really about creating that mindfulness mm-hmm. around their money habits and we spend a good amount of time during the first month working on that um, I actually ask my clients to change very little during the first 30 days of coaching that first 30 days is more about awareness and mindfulness of what's really going on, because sometimes they think they know what they're spending, right. <laughs> and they don't.
1: So we um, see that with human. eating. Yeah. Instead of eating a lot, like Absolutely. oh yeah, I I eat healthy, and you're like I want you to write down everything you ate. And then, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, and it's so funny that you say that because one of the things that I tell people, is, you know, to get control of their spending is, it's exactly the same as healthy eating, and it is. It's like keeping a food diary, you know, keep a spending diary. You know, if just for 30 days you just write down everything that you spend your money on, you're probably gonna have some surprises. Yeah. Some not so good surprises, but the good thing is once you're aware of that, then you can make a change.
1: Yep. Um,
0: you're,
2: you're basically giving them, giving them uh, a flashlight, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Self-awareness. There you go. Yes. And we say it all the time, that is the biggest, is if we can have people become more self-aware, like I, th- I think that's really the underlying kind of realm of our business. It's less to do with fitness, and you know, it's like right. just becoming more self-aware and and making good decisions about your health. You know, and you're doing yes. the same thing. And with there's probably yeah.
2: not a better way to become more self-aware than checking your bank statement. Yes, you know, it's like uh, you know I'm gonna be this this this, and but well your your bank statement says McDonald's. You know, or what, you know, right, whatever. Right, exactly. Uh, fill in the blank.
1: <laughs> even even from. Um, you know early 2000s to now we see so much more electronic spending yes do you see a bigger problem with that and the reason i say that i watched an interesting talk where he's uh, a father and his kids just have they, they have no when you're a kid you don't have an understanding of money you think right do you think twenty dollars is a million dollars and you know <laughs> right. it's like you know but you're always asking for money you know here and there and So he went and took out $10,000 in cash for each of his kids and they played Monopoly. Like real life Monopoly with $10,000 in cash. And he watched, it's something that they play as a family all the time, which I don't know who, I've never finished a game of Monopoly, but they would actually (laughs) play play Monopoly as a family and his daughter would always win and his son would always just, you know, well, I'll buy, I'll buy everything on the board, you know, (laughs) gave them real money and everything changed. Mm -hmm. So When you see these, like when I can go on Amazon and it's like, I'm not spending money. It's like, I've got these credits, you know, I don't know if you see this connection between kind of reckless spending or mindless spending with that, like form of electronic payment rather than using cash a lot.
0: Yeah, that, that certainly, um, there actually is like proven psychology behind that. Um, when people use cash to buy something, it actually registers as pain in their brain. And I agree. it doesn't really do that. It, it does that a little bit with a debit card, but with a credit card, it really doesn't at all. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's really important that people know themselves. So like my husband, he's, he's an engineer. He buys what he needs. He researches his purchases. He doesn't overspend. So whether he's, he's gonna buy the same thing and spend the same amount, whether he's using cash, debit or credit but i would say that's probably about 15% of the population mm-hmm. you know and what i'll tell people is sometimes it is good to get reacquainted with your cash especially on the categories that you have a tendency to overspend on and food is a huge black hole in most people's budget between groceries and eating out so many times i will tell my clients and usually it's just for a short period of time to you know switch that over to cash mm-hmm. and really pay attention because using cash forces you to pay attention and make sure that that money is stretching. Now I'm not against people using credit cards, but I think people really have to know and understand themselves and they really have to create that habit of mindfulness around that. Um, And I'm a a big fan of technology. I think tools like mint.com and you know, most banks have some kind of budget application that's built into their online banking, uh, and being able to see that in the palm of your hand in real time is very powerful.
1: Right. Especially
0: if you're nervous about carrying around a lot of cash.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you see uh, any like commonalities in people that uh, maybe use like American Express cards? I know it's like one of the biggest ones where like I, you know, I just got a free flight. Like, is the is the <laughs> flight like ever free? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it, I mean, there's there's obviously some good with, you right. know, if you do the numbers, all right, if, if you know, I got a Discover card, I get two to 3% back. Yeah. Is it people are staying within their realm and they're not, you know, making additional purchases? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it, it's very individualized. I see mm-hmm. some people who, you know, they're fine using a credit card. They're not overspending. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're meeting their savings goals and they're they're saving for retirement. Um, but if you've got somebody who isn't in that situation, you know they they don't have an emergency fund. They're not really putting money in their retirement right. savings. Um, you know, it is really about knowing yourself and your own right, right, right. Yeah. your own triggers. Um, but I'm really all for having what I call portion controlled fun. and that's plays right into the whole eating healthy thing. Right. you know, like it's it's okay to have a piece of chocolate every once in a while, sure. but you know let's not have a Hershey bar every single day <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: yeah you don't want to feel I guess what the, the credit card thing is is it's like incentivizing you to spend more of like course you, you know what I mean yeah So that's staying within your kind of your own limits and, and setting almost financial goals I'm, I'm sure absolutely and I,
0: and yeah for some people it may help them if they actually call the credit card company and request to have their limit decreased
1: yeah because yeah, if you're if you have good credit you'll automatically get it yeah. I've gotten you know statements from mine where like oh you're you've increased three thousand dollars I'm like I'm ever I'm hope knocking wood I'll never need that you know unless right. I have a crazy emergency but like just because you pay your bill on time they automatically increase your your limit to spend more right. you know it's almost a trap right unless yes. you know unless again you're you're cognizant and and have the self awareness to know that you you don't act that way right you know um, but I can definitely see how it's an addictive behavior you know we see the again the same thing with with uh relationships with food and and things like that and we've all uh, mostly everyone's had someone uh close to them you know either drugs and alcohol you know it's it's an addictive type personality right you know yeah um so uh, i think for me one of the things that i mean i personally didn't have a credit card till mid-20s you know um but uh, we actually do like the mx thing where we all of our groceries and and gas. That's basically mm-hmm. what what we use it for. Groceries and gas, and everything goes on there, and then we just collect our our sky miles points later on. You know, right. but you know, fortunately, we don't we don't have to spend a whole lot more than that. So um, for us, that's one that works. But I can definitely see if you're like, oh, if I spend five hundred more dollars, I can yeah. you know yeah. get a domestic flight, <laughs> which is not very uh, yes uh, as uh, pleasurable as think it might be. <laughs> But one of the things I was going to say is my, my parents growing up were, you know, always very into showing me how to save and, um, you know, don't spend what you don't have and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, do you counsel, do you have any like new parents? Cause I feel like that's one, you know, as far as like, especially with the word millennial being thrown around a lot, like right. where we have no idea what we're doing. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but in no. the same token, I feel like young parents need to step in pretty early on and show their kids the value of a dollar
0: absolutely absolutely Um, yeah and you know that's one of the reasons why I wrote my first book which is money is emotional prevent your heart from hijacking your wallet Um, it really is the basics on personal finance and how to get and stay financially healthy and there's a whole section in there on how do you talk to your kids about money in an age-appropriate way and um, I've got a good friend, his name is uh, James Lenhoff, and I actually interviewed him. So his his podcast is actually on my blog. It's called The Bank of Mom and Dad. Mm -hmm. And so he actually instituted this really cool thing where he pays his kids for chores and he doesn't put the money in the bank. Him and his wife actually keep the money and they pay their kids 10% interest Mm -hmm. on the money. And
1: So they can use it whenever they want, but if they don't use it, right. they get 10%. Okay. Right.
0: And so he's beginning to incentivize them to save and invest. And he also allows them to make their own mistakes when the money is small. So if they want to, you know, one of his sons wanted to buy a radio controlled car and, you know, James was looking at it thinking that's probably not the best thing, but he's like, hey, you know, he wants to spend his own money on this, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, you're not going to earn interest on this and you can buy this toy. And then when it broke a week later, then he could have that discussion with his son, you know. How, do you, how are you feeling about this right now? Mm. Do you feel like this was a good purchase? You know, what what could you have done differently? And, you know, when you have those conversations with a seven or an eight-year-old and they get to learn those lessons when the dollar amounts are small, then you don't have this 20 or 25-year-old mm-hmm. young adult...
1: Doing a $25,000 Exactly, you know, because yeah.
0: they've never learned those lessons when they were young. So I think if you can create this microcosm and let your kids learn in a controlled environment when it hurts only a little bit then you're teaching them those foundational habits that are going to carry them forward yeah Yeah, that's
1: that's huge that's pretty that's pretty uh very interesting actually i could see uh some huge benefits from you know because i think we've all done that you know i'm getting allowances and I, i started working at a very uh very early age you know and and you know, it's like you want to... Getting a paycheck when you're, you know, 15 or 16 yeah. is, is, is pretty awesome. You know, you, yeah. it's like, there's, there's three digits on there, you know? So, <laughs> yes. it's like 140 bucks, but, you know, you're like, oh my gosh. And, you know, even at a, a young teenager, you don't understand the value of saving it, you know, because mm-hmm. your, your housing's paid for, your right. parents are paying for your food. Mm-hmm. If you're 16, you may be paying for gas, you know, but like... But, you know, I was uh, I considered fortunate. Now it sucked at the time, but I had to buy my first. I paid for half of my first car. You know, my parents right. paid for half. I yeah, paid for half, yeah, and it was like, way. and it's and it sucked at the time. It's like all oh, my friends are getting these cars, and I got this beat up nineteen eighty nine Corolla. But like, uh-huh. I you know I purchased you know as right. much as I could for that, and it was uh, it's just one of those things where it's like you know right. Well, now I have some. Some intrinsic value that I hold to this, and I'm right. I'm going to take care of this more than I would if someone else bought it for me.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, because yeah. that's one. Look at look at rental properties versus you know houses that people own. I think there's a yeah. there's a good uh, or rental cars for even that matter. Right. You know, people
0: you take better care of it. Treat rental cars like they're toys. You know, <laughs> so
1: I think there's huge value in in being taught you know what it means to actually purchase something and take care of it and you know really. Uh, make sure it, it lasts as long as possible
0: right
2: one of the little uh things is whenever i was a kid that my grandpa actually uh kind of got me started was saving money and just the whole concept around like having a piggy bank yeah you know? i think there's like a good general like lesson there obviously for kids but my piggy bank was a five gallon um like water like dispenser kind, yeah. of, kind of deal and uh, i just remember being obsessed with finding coins. Like we lived kind of on the main street and there'd be literally some days where I would just go like walk up and down the street, like looking for any type of coin because my grandpa told me, he's like, whenever you fill that up, we're gonna take it up to the bank and we're gonna open up a bank account. Yeah. And I just remember like any like spending, like, you know, my parents used to give me like a dollar for, uh, hey, the, you know, the living room's a mess or whatever like that, you know, run the sweeper and clean all the stuff, I'll mm-hmm. give you a dollar. I'm like, all right, can I have four quarters, you know, whatever, and, you know, and little did I know, like, they were obviously reaping the, you know, I thought I was the one obviously getting one on them, Right. but, you know, it just really taught me a good concept of, like, you know, you're not just going to, like, be given this stuff, it was never a handout to, like, oh, here's $10 in quarters, put them in your, you know, thing, it was, there was this correlation between work you have to work and then you get paid right and then the overriding was like i'm going to have you know this account with with money in it and right that was at you know eight or nine or whatever you know it was and then um even just starting working with my dad for five dollars an hour you Yeah. Know, painting houses and stuff like that right it was a uh, I wish it was a lesson that everyone can learn. And again, I'm not necessarily the, the best with my money. And I definitely had some emotional spending, you know, as a teenager and all that stuff. But just having that concept of, of like, hey, you have to save your money, um, mm-hmm. starting at an early age and, and work and earn. And, yeah. and it's, it was huge.
0: Yeah, well, and I think one of the one of the greatest disservices that parents can do is to shield their children from financial consequences Mm. because I coach a lot of, you know, couples in their forties and fifties and they're dealing with college age kids who are demanding financial support Mm. and, um, And not appreciating the financial support that they're getting. And that's that's kind of a rough process that I go through with the parents to, first of all, get them to see how they're doing their kids a disservice. And then taking corrective behaviors with their kids. Because you can't just say, oh, okay, junior, (laughs) you're out of here. You're on the street. But, you know, making the kids aware, first of all, this is how much money we're spending on you each and every month. And you know how many hours that you would have to work to pay for all these things, you know, and creating that awareness in their kids and then starting to push that burden of responsibility bit by bit back onto their adult children because there's a whole wave of people in their 50s and 60s who are not going to be able to retire comfortably because they are financially supporting their grown children and so, they're gonna end up moving in with those kids who don't have that mm-hmm. financial backbone yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah I think there's a uh, it's, it's 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 a multi and specifically probably speaking towards student loans are a huge one yeah you know um, and there's a there's a big obviously debate going on um, with with how that whole system is being held and and processed because I mean when you're 19, you know, 18, 19. You're just signing papers. You don't really understand what's happening, right? You know, what's
2: compounding interest.
1: Exactly, you know, yeah. Um, and I, I don't. That's well above my pay grade of understanding exactly how all that works. But you know, it's it's one of those things where you're 19. How do you get this this understanding of like, you're going to pay hundred thousand dollars back you know that's it's right. that's that's an insurmountable about a number for a lot of people to kind of really contemplate yeah you know
0: and, you know really weighing that against you know is the education that i'm getting is that really increasing my earning power to the point that it makes sense to take on that debt and can i get this degree mm-hmm. more affordably so right
1: right and, yeah was, i think a lot of people yeah. are expecting again we're 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 my generation you know brought up in this idea that if you don't go to college you're going to fail right you know and I think people are finally realizing hopefully that there's other ways around especially with the massive uh skills and trade gap that's going on right now absolutely um but there's other ways to go about it you know and a lot more affordable ways but a lot of people want the quote college experience yeah you know whatever that may be for you right you know so there's a lot of other ways to go around it and way more affordable ways
0: Right, and, you know, parents also have to take that initiative, um, you know, one of my, one of my friends, we call him Dan Dan, the college man, and, uh, you know, he helps families navigate the college process Mm -hmm. to ensure that they're going down the right road and that they're not overpaying for college. But one thing that he tells parents is he says, you know, don't let your 16 to 18 year old make a sixty thousand to a two hundred and forty thousand dollar decision for your family—they're mm. not equipped to do that. Right. And you know, my parents did that with me, and I tell the story. And money is emotional. Where you know, I wanted to go to Miami University in Oxford, mm. um, and that was considered out of state because I live, you know, on the Kentucky side of the river. And you know, my parents got divorced the end of my junior year, and they were just like sorry. Yeah. I know that's where you wanted to go. And you know, I pictured that being like the idyllic college experience. And it was like, you know what? You got a scholarship to NKU. That's where you're going. Mm-hmm. And I thought my parents were so mean at the time, but right. you know what? Now I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Because they didn't incur any debt. You know, I graduated debt free and um, you know, although sometimes it can be mean, it's like, Hey, thanks, Mom and Dad, Yeah. Thanks for doing no, the right thing you know, and making the right decision. It's on, the,
2: on the opposite side, sorry to jump in. I did the, the opposite thing. So, you know, I still, at 32, I still have college debt kind of looming. Yeah. And, you know, and I pay my $450 a month for a for, uh, student loan that I don't really use my degree. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just one of those things because it's
1: a very there's, there's such a finite amount of people that are like this is what I'm going to do mm-hmm. right I mean well, that's kind
2: of where I was going you know it's one of those right. things where if I was going to be a nurse or uh, you know an a, a specific you know, yeah. industry where I have an economics degree you know it's like what do you do with that yeah. you go to law school and then you become an economist who is essentially a meteorologist for your finances and you know basically <laughs> can be wrong nine out of ten times and still make six figures um but, you know, obviously with running the business, there's some applicable skills. But yeah. again, as opposed to going to the University of Cincinnati, I should've went to my community college in my hometown two years for free. Right. And then, you know, obviously, you know, hindsight's always twenty-twenty. Yeah. And then again, you don't know what you don't know, but there's a lot of kids that I'm, I'm obviously one of many um, mm-hmm. kids that, you know, me and Jared are basically the same age, um, and, that's what you were told, like if you want a right. good job, you gotta go to college, mm-hmm. and co- you know. And, and in my mind, I'm like, all right, well if I take on $40,000 of debt, and I get a job that pays 50 to 60 out of school, or whatever that is, right. I'll pay that back in a couple of years. Like, that's where my mind, was, you know what I mean? It's just, like right. give you the numbers, and that's, you know, so <laughs> again, you're not gonna explain it, and then federal versus private loans, all these things, um, and you know, again, if I had federal loans instead of private, I would already have had forgiveness, right? You know, and it it's already be paid you know, off, gone. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, so, that's so just, Yeah, it is
2: right, and it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you just gotta have that full, complete information, and sometimes the glass isn't always half full as far as when people are trying to work to your side. Yeah, and then you realize it's like I was just a number getting pushed through the system, and I was like, oh,
0: that's yes. Cool. Yeah.
2: So anyway, I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> um, I'm not bad yeah, we're, we're, we're not like, getting <laughs> or anything. No, that's why I applaud people like yourself that can actually, yeah. like, and your friend Dan. Dan Dan? Is that his really Dan name? Dan the College Man. Those names but People like, was that, like that that can actually come into these people's lives before it's too, you know, before before, it's too before mom and dad don't know. Right. You know, again, my parents didn't go to college, so they didn't have that, like. You're um, introduced. It's
1: a, yeah. It's like when people come in here and they're like, they're so overwhelmed it's like you're Mm -hmm. you're it's like you're trying to learn french in two weeks Mm -hmm. right like it's just not possible it takes six months to a year like and same thing you're you're being introduced to a system Mm -hmm. that you know nothing about and you're just like sign here sign here sign here and like in those little lines you're like your interest is going to go from here to here to here and you don't even know it you know so um but that's that's a that's a whole another world that yeah. you know. We could talk about that for another hour. Right. I want to go back a little bit to uh, so the second book. So you talk about money's emotional. Yeah. Um, second one here. What do we have? So just came out, right?
0: Yeah, this just came out uh, yesterday. Was the launch day. So this is "Manage Money Like a Boss," a financial guide for creative entrepreneurs. And um, the reason why I wrote it is I felt like um, creative entrepreneurs, especially those people who are you know, graphic designers, songwriters, artists. um, They're very right-brained and they're, you know, they're very much into the whole creativity and they see the money management and the business side of things as like a necessary evil. And so... I will
1: 100% (laughs) agree with you.
0: Are you the creative one?
1: Yeah. Any, (laughs) Any freelance work, it's... I'm like well, what does it cost i'm like
2: oh i <laughs> <laughs> a case of beer
1: like, yeah. oh, what do you, what do you want to pay me you know so it's it it is i can definitely speak to what you're saying it's it's a very uncomfortable thing um you know mark does like i said a lot of the all of the financial stuff like um and then i'll do all of the photos and videos and podcasts and all this stuff and right. to make t-shirts and but you know i'm good with managing my money but when it comes to like you know either asking for money or doing invoices it's it's mm-hmm. wildly uncomfortable
0: yeah yeah well and one of the things that i wanted to do was to reframe people's relationship with money so the whole the whole point of manage money like a boss is that you know if you think back to a time when you reported to a traditional boss if you went into his office after lunch and you said hey Bob, I'm caught up on my work, what do you want me to do? And he hid under his desk or just ignored you until you finally walked away. How productive are you gonna be for, those for the last half of the day? Right. Not very productive. And so we understand that, <clears throat> but a lot of entrepreneurs are doing that with their money. They're hiding from their money, they're ignoring their money, they're just hoping it's gonna take care of itself and then they get frustrated when they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And your money wants to be managed. And the great news is, it doesn't take a ton of time and it's really not that hard. And so I explain money in, a bus- in business in a way that you know, speaks the same language of creatives because I think we've all had the experience of talking to you know, a financial planner or CPA or a bookkeeper And it sounds like they're speaking Spanish. Like we have no idea what they are talking about. And so because we don't want to look stupid, we just sit there and nod because we don't really know what they're talking about. And so I wanted to give people a plain English guide of this is what this means. Um, But this isn't just strictly an accounting book. You know, there's, there's one section in there on the actual you know, the language of money and and actually the hands-on money management, but it talks about all of the other things that affect your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And so that does include things like public relations and your marketing, your website, networking, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things, your professional image, all of those things have the ability to influence your bottom line either positively or negatively. And so it really is a holistic approach to looking at your business in a way that, you know, that you and money are in partnership with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you as a creative entrepreneur can succeed with your finances, you and money can change the world. And I right. think most creatives feel very purpose driven and you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be financially healthy and and or financially wealthy. Yeah. It's almost
1: looked uh, it's it's like a, it's catch twenty two a little bit because you're, you know, for a lot of people it's like oh you're a sellout because if yes. you're successful, right? You know, and it's like yes. mm, no, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the purpose of why we're, you know it's not the purpose of why we're doing this, but like in order for us to do this, we need to make money, right? You know,
0: yeah. And what I tell people is. Selling is serving. So if you really believe in what you do, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's something that I had to deal with myself, but it's like, you know what? I'm helping people rescue their financial dignity. I'm yeah. changing the trajectory of people's lives, of their relationships, of their businesses. Mm-hmm. And the financial gain that they get from working with me, more I mean, they get a huge return on the money that they pay me and the time that they put into it. And so to me, I'm not really selling people by telling them about my books or about my coaching. I'm serving them. You know, my yeah. goal is to help as many people See. as possible become financially healthy. And I know you guys are like let's get as many people as mm-hmm. possible physically yeah. healthy.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's that's the the tough part, you know, where it's like that cuz we are we are a premium service. We right. cost well and above going to a gym down the street. Right. But, you know, uh, helping people see that value um, in what we actually provide to where we can. If you want, you can change your entire life, you know? Yeah. And you can do it, you know, in a relatively short amount of time in the in considering the lifespan. Yes, you know? absolutely. And so I think, the, and the tough part for us sometimes is, is, you know, putting a price tag on that and what that yeah. actually costs. You know, and there's some people where you, you and we have a lot of empathy. You know, and, and like there are some people who just truly can't afford to come here. Right. You know, and it's making that like decision on, okay, do we help this person? Well, how do we not help the next person? You know, right. so it's it's very back and forth a lot for us.
2: I almost hesitate to say this, but it's like on uh, major brands, typically I'm not going to walk into Amazon and ask for a discount. Right. So it's like, you know, so many people will come through our doors and be like, uh eh, like, I can't do that yeah. much, but yeah know, so it's just always like feel like we're you know in a, in a, when I say that small businesses in general right I feel like you're in a tough position for people to understand the, the value of this right. Jared yeah. said. because again, we have people here majority of our people are are like, oh, I, you know pay even more for your what you guys are offering me, and I totally see the value, but there's obviously that small few that's right just pick it apart and and are like Whoa. yeah. You know, and so. those aren't your people. Right. And yeah, I that's think fair.
0: that's, that's one of the things that when I'm working with entrepreneurs is, you know, to tell them, you know, not everybody is for you. You're mm-hmm. not for everybody. And mm-hmm. if you, if you try to be everything to everybody, then that's
2: yeah, then nobody
0: enough. hires you. Yeah. I mean, you have to really get super focused in, um, you know, and one of the reasons why I did write my books is because I know that I can't work mm-hmm. with everybody one-on-one. Um, you know, most of my coaching clients are high-earning professionals like attorneys, doctors, and entrepreneurs. Most of my clients make six figures, um, and I don't apologize for that mm-hmm. because I have other things that can help people who are at lower price points sure. and. I have other coaches that I refer out to as well. Um, but I know that those people, if I can get them financially healthy, I'm not only changing their lives, I'm changing the lives of a lot of other people because they are usually Chickle employing down. Yeah, people. Everything that's coming down and, well. you know, they they're also people who are passionate about different causes in the communities or, you know, are giving sure. a lot of money to yeah, churches. Yeah. And uh, so you just have to decide who is it that I'm really best equipped to serve and don't apologize for that. Right. Yeah. So. Well, yeah,
2: a lot of our clients, you know, honestly, are high earners and that's how they can afford a premium service. Right. And I'm not saying that they don't, you know, deserve a premium product in return. And, or right. I mean, that's why we try to spend every, every day thinking about how do we best serve. Right, you know and that's that's why selling can be difficult sometimes because we're so invested in what's going on inside our four walls from a fitness perspective. Right, that this other concept is sometimes foreign to yes. us and a lot of other gym owners. So, people like yourself, uh, your services are very important. Uh, right, I can, I can say that you are changing lives, um, and, and I think for us sometimes it's me and Jarrett when we sit down and we talk. It's really we're almost selling ourselves on like. All right, like we we deserve this, right? Yeah. You know, we're we we're worth this much, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we are, you know, able to cure things like diabetes. We are able to cure things, you know, like getting people off medications, lowering people's yeah. blood pressure. Oh man, I you can't say I'm. Mean, that's all some things. of
1: the exciting things, most exciting times. I love hearing weight loss stories, but more exciting than that is when someone tells me that um, I went from taking four medications to one, or I went from right. five to zero. You know, and like, they're like, I just thought I was going to be on this for the rest of my life. You know, like, you you just change these, take these little steps, and then you look back and you're like, oh man, look at where I started. Right. You know, and then look down the line, and not to mention, you know, at least from a money perspective, how much medications cost. You know, even with insurance, you know, your insurance premium goes down, your your medication cost goes down. Uh, It's definitely a a full circle, full blown effect, uh, butterfly effect type thing.
0: Right. Yeah, and I, you know, as a business owner, you really have to feel into those things and own them and, and communicate that to people, like, this is how we're helping you. We're not just, we're not just helping you do a handstand push-up, mm-hmm, you yeah, know, like, it's yeah, cool it's to be able to say a, that, I, I, We tell people all the time that the, the,
1: the, the fitness side of the thing is, is just a side effect. Mm-hmm. Right. It really is, you know, um, I, and I truly believe that, and I think that's maybe sets us apart just a little bit different, like, where it's not, can you do 15 pull-ups unbroken right. or, you know, can you run a mile under this time? It's, it's, you know, how are you feeling today? How are you doing? How's your family? You know, uh, right. are you eating healthy? You know, those, those types of things are such bigger cause they make such a bigger you know, impact in people's lives.
0: Yeah. Well, and one of the things I tell people is that it's really not about the money. You know, money is just energy and it's really, what does the money represent? Mm. You know, like if you woke up tomorrow and you felt really great about your finances, mm-hmm. what would that mean to you? So, you know, let's just say you owe ten thousand dollars left on your student loans, and you oh, know, sure. you you might be thinking like, you know, I want ten thousand dollars, but it's not really the ten thousand dollars you want. Mm-hmm. You want that feeling of that student loan debt being gone. Sure. That's really what you want is that's that not, that's feeling. The
2: time gone. of uh, Dave Ramsey.
0: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's really what you want. It's not really the money, it's what does that represent. Sure, yeah. yeah. I,
2: I, you know, and again, I know people have heard this before, but it's so many people out there that are millionaires, even billionaires, that are depressed. Right. You know, some of the, the famous, you know, look at Anthony Bourdain, one of the yeah. most famous guys. I mean, by all accounts, awesome dude, amazing job, you know, career, and yeah. obviously it takes his life. So, um, But, you know, there's... It's having these core values you know, and beliefs, and that's yeah. one of the things we try to hold uh, true to in, in our business, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. And it's not compromising that integrity. So one thing I love about what we do here is I never feel like a cheesy car salesman whenever I'm putting yeah. people through a day one experience. And it's just like, hey look, I want this to work right. for you. I don't yes. want this to be like, well, all right. You know, I trick them into saying a couple fancy terms, and. <laughs> You know
1: that's we we just talked about fat it burn we and, talked about yeah. it on Monday we, 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 <laughs> yeah. but we really did you know it was it was like you know we're we're scrolling through the competition and not other crossFit gyms like we're talking about planet fitness and Crunch right. and all these these <laughs> larger gyms that are letting people come in for ten dollars and it's like it's like it just it's a gimmick yeah. right. you know and it's like I, that's one thing we never want to be we want to hold true to our core values and it's just tough because you have to we have to make money to be a business, right? And How do you do that? You know, we're holding on to the core values, but how do you make sure that you still make money? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's always the that's always our fight, I guess, uh, internally. Yeah. Which is, how do we how do we continue to thrive without selling out? And and
0: and you can do both.
1: Yeah, that's all you we want. You can do both. That's something yeah. I help
0: my business clients with, where it's like, you know, yes, yeah, just understanding your value and what you bring to the table. And so, um, my business coach. Um, had me do an exercise that I thought was really super cool and I I talk about it in the book and that is writing out 10 reasons why I'm not the right business coach for you or why you wouldn't hire me to be your financial lifeguard and it's what are those things that you take a stand against Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like Well, if you want to live to be 99 or if you want to work until you're 99 and never retire, then maybe you wouldn't want to hire me as your financial lifeguard. Or if you enjoy sleepless nights tossing and turning, worrying about your debt, then maybe you wouldn't want to hire me. (laughs)
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want
0: somebody to come in and chop up all your credit cards, I'm probably not the right person for you because I don't do that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because you just get another one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, because it, it really is all about like taking that stand and Purposely polarizing people, right. because then you're going to attract the people who are like, "I am all in with you. I 100% believe how you're helping me, and I'm going to go tell all my friends about all the awesome results that you're giving. Well, that is
1: the wonderful thing about our people. I will, I will. I don't want us to be a complaint. Hopefully, it's not coming off as complaining, but our people stand by us day in day oh, that's out. Fantastic. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, in, it's truly incredible. Um, you know, just to see people not even when you're in need just like hey i told 15 people about you yesterday cuz i had a great workout yeah. you know like i love <laughs> that kind of stuff it 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 gets me so excited um i know this just came out yesterday so yeah. i don't want to jump too far ahead but uh what's kind of on the horizon for you in the in the future
0: yeah so one of the things i'm going to be working on between now and the end of the year is creating an online course for the individuals who aren't able to hire me to work with them one-on-one. So it's really going to be kind of the step between the book. You know, if people feel like they want more information or they want a little more hands-on, it'll be an online course with videos and worksheets. And it's basically going to walk people through the process that I go through with my clients one-on-one. Sweet. Smart. yeah, Yeah, so... I haven't come up with a snappy name for it yet, but I'm sure I will. Yeah, it'll it'll hit you (laughs)
1: randomly. Yes. These are always the best ones. Yeah. Um, Where can everyone kind of find you?
0: Yeah, so they can find me at christinelukin.com, or they can go to moneyisemotional.com. That'll take them straight to the Money is Emotional book, and they can also put in managemoneylikeaboss.com. That'll take them to the books. And actually, they can find both of them on Amazon, um, if they're a Kindle Unlimited reader, uh, they can actually get Manage Money Like a Boss as mm-hmm. part of their membership for free, so. Cool.
1: Very cool. I like that. Uh, That's we exciting. always like to kind of wrap things up with a very simple question and you're the first, uh, kind of money person we've had <laughs> on here, so it would be interesting to see in this uh, very simple, just what is your definition of success?
0: So my definition of success when it comes to money is waking up in the morning and, Feeling really good about where you are financially. And for each person and family, that's mm-hmm. gonna look a little bit different. So mm-hmm. it's really about understanding what your goals are, what's most important to you and your family in your particular situation, and you know, taking those daily steps mm-hmm. towards that goal.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate you coming Thanks on. Thanks for today. having me on. Yeah, it's absolutely. Been fun. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, obviously, check Christine out wherever you can. Uh, two books out now: "The Money Is Emotional" and "Manage Your Money: Manage Money Like a Boss." Uh, both out on Amazon. Uh, check those out. And thank you all for listening to Triumph Every Day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. You can find us on TriumphStrength.net, on Instagram at TriumphStrength, and Facebook at Facebook.com/ TriumphStrength. See you guys next week. Thank you.